Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We're back with another installment of Grassroots Marketing on CannabisRadio.com. My next guest in the program is a partner at Davidoff, Hutcher, and Citron, where he chairs the Cannabis Department and the New York State Government Relations Group. We're going to talk about New York State, which we know not too long ago was given the green light for adult use legalization of cannabis there in the state. And we now talk to him about his work providing counsel to businesses seeking licenses to operate within, as well as clients seeking to do business within the cannabis industry, focusing on regulatory compliance and government relations that surround the emerging industry in New York. So, first of all, Steve, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you very much, Jorge, for having me today. My pleasure. So, talk to me about this new cannabis department. You know, we, we know quite a few law firms uh, that have made the transition from mainstream practice to add a wing uh, into cannabis. And especially when it's such a very uh, ever-changing landscape in New York State. So talk to me about, you know, adding this wing into DHC. Yeah, sure. You know, as we as we were watching this emerge and seeing that this was going to finally happen, we felt that we had something to offer that probably is a little different than a lot of law firms and that we are always been traditionally known as uh, as a as a, as a government relations and corporate business firm. So we do a lot of lobbying in the city and the state and the federal government, and we're we generally New York centric. And what we were thinking is that with cannabis initially at the bare minimum and maybe forever, we're really going to have in New York, um, it's always going to be politically charged in some way, shape or form. And it's gonna be very important for uh, folks that are interested in opening, whether it's retail or whether it's um, you know, a cultivator or, you know, processor distributor license, it's going to be very important that all levels of, of politics, all levels of elected officials and government uh, and, you know, even community boards are going to be made aware of it. And you have to basically understand that it's, it's kind of like uh, opening, opening up a liquor store on steroids, at least initially, because it's a brand new area, a brand new space that we're going to be occupying. So I want to bring up something from an interview I did on our Blunt Business program with uh, Patrick Fox, CEO of Consensus Strategies. I've relayed this before on Blunt Business, but not here on Grassroots Marketing. And where they did a study back in March of 2021 talking about that 61% of New York State residents support the legalization of adult use. More than half of those, 52%, living in New York City would oppose its sale in the neighborhood. 
and that there was a disparity between general support and willingness to actually live near one is a significant problem when communities decide where, if anywhere, they want to allow cannabis retail sales. And so one of the things I also want to ask about is, has there been any kind of issues when it comes to within the city and outside the city about the issues of when people are going to come through? Are there any kind of legal ramifications coming across for those that want to either cultivate or put up a dispensary? Yeah, I, I, I think that those statistics are interesting and they show you that there is there is a challenge and that, you know, that politics and lobbying can come into play here. For starters, the new law um, allows municipalities to opt out of retail establishments. They can't opt out of the cultivator, um, producer, distributor licenses, but they can opt out of the retail establishments and they can do that on a town level uh, for any unincorporated parts of, of them or a city, and they can do that by village. And I think you're gonna see a number of villages probably will choose to opt out. So one of the things that we're trying to do and, and help our clients is to determine where the best places are going to be where they're not going to opt out. Because obviously if you go and you decide to buy significant real estate and they you know, decide to opt out, you're sort of stuck holding a store that you're gonna to have to figure out you know, what to do with it because now you can't have cannabis in it. I think, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic in New York that as this, this program moves forward and develops that a lot less people are going to have the concerns that you noted in that percentage, that deviation of percentage of how many people don't really want this to be a store down their block. I think that this is eventually going to be a lot like your, your local liquor store. And I don't think anybody is really going to be overly concerned. Initially, I think you'll have some concerns, but I'd like to hope that gradually they will fade. One thing I want to make, make mention of is that uh, as I'm looking through the latest news when it comes to New York and now cannabis dispensaries now in New York state are able to now sell whole flour, which making a lot of moves when it comes down to it. Uh, now, you were chair previously of the government relations practice of this firm, working with clients in alcohol and in cannabis. And you noted there are 3,500 liquor stores in the state, 2,500 downstate, and 1,000 above Westchester County. So northern state and northern southern part of the states. If that's any indication for the cannabis industry, you told the Albany Times Union there potentially could be hundreds of cannabis retailers across the state saying, quote, once this gets up and running, it's likely that you will not have a hard time finding an adult cannabis store in New York, end quote. So what we're looking at is what, how's everything look right now in terms of getting licenses put out when it comes to how many stores are sprouting up and being able to manage the growth? Um, well, the first thing I would say is that as far as licenses coming out and everything and managing the growth, the first thing we have to be to be mindful of is that this is a brand new part of the executive branch of the New York State government. And it is already really moving quickly at a breakneck pace, but they have the simplest requirements like getting brick and mortar facilities for them to operate out of that are permanent for them in New York City, Albany, and then out in Buffalo. Um, there, there are a lot of things that they need to do to get themselves in order that are not going to happen overnight, no matter how many hours in the day they work. And believe me, they are working. 
And we are seeing it firsthand that they are working very hard and they are a terrific talented bunch and they are going to get this done. But I think a lot of folks have to realize that there needs to be a little bit of a patient period here because, you know, they're putting out regs initially for um, for hemp and they're probably going to put out regs for the, the registered organizations for medical marijuana and then they will get to the adult cannabis and it's going to just take a little bit of time. So, so as far as licenses for adult cannabis, there are no license applications yet. You shouldn't expect to see any of that in this year, certainly. And at some point, I'm hopeful we'll see this in 2022. So let's they, talk about they... what is being implemented right now as the new marijuana regulation, the Taxation Act, is being implemented. So right now I'm looking from lohud.com, which I'm not sure which publication it is, but uh, I want to go in just really quickly good and get into what they have so far. They have already put together the board, the State Cannabis Control Board. They're now looking to interpret and shape the new act that was approved by Governor Cuomo before stepping down last spring. And so they're putting emphasis on social equity and repairing the harms done during the substances prohibition. They already have language in the law, legalizing possession of three ounces of cannabis for people 21 and over. Then I move along, and they also mention that there's outlining of several licenses ranging from adult-use cultivator to delivery. Other types, including a micro-business license, allowing for the limited cultivation and dispensing of marijuana, and a nursery license allowing for the sale of certain agricultural products relating to cannabis. Uh, so far, now that we're looking to see the implementation being put in, you say it is going to take a while for everything to be set in stone, but what do you think so far about how the state has already kind of gone to action after passing the bill and trying to get the infrastructure set up? I, I personally think they're doing a great job, and I think Governor Hochul wants to see this move forward, and she's made that very, very clear, and they are not going to slow play this at all. It, it, I'm just cautioning that it really just is, it's just a function of time. There's only so many hours in the day. And as you just mentioned, you mentioned a whole litany of things that they're doing right now. Those things need to be accomplished in the process as they are moving forward towards the adult cannabis regs. And then after the adult cannabis regs are finalized, that's when you're going to begin to expect to see at some point applications for retail establishments and applications for the producer, cultivator, distributor licenses that we're talking about. But that's still got to take a little bit of time. And they're still going to be hiring people as well. People are learning what their roles are going to be. This is a brand new thing. It's To be perfectly honest, it has to be very exciting to be part of. That's that's my feeling. And that's certainly what it feels like when you speak to them. So Lohud is actually the journal news, just to go and clarify. The other thing I want to ask about, which I know this is not in, in particular the field that you do, uh, you practice, but I figured I'd go ahead and ask on the criminal side about uh, cannabis and incarceration. So the cannabis law repealed Article 221 of the New York State Penal Law containing cannabis offenses that made a sale, possession, and use of the drug illegal. And there are still charges for possession of sale of more than three ounces or up to 24 grams of concentrated cannabis. Punishment for growing more than illegal can of cannabis plants also is in there up to three mature and three immature plants per person. This is a civil penalty of $200. And the bill is building off of a 2019 law decriminalizing small amounts of cannabis. So at the moment what, of what you know, um, the part when it comes to the scheduling, or not some the scheduling, but just the helping those that were wrongly convicted or incarcerated, and disenfranchise a result, do you feel like they've gotten, can you tell me anything about how far they've gotten along and what they've done to now release or to expunge or to, you know, suspend sentences for those that might have been 
arrested for distribution or for use. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be very candid. I'm not an expert on that space. Correct. And I don't know specifically what they've done, but I know from what I've seen that, again, this is another example of something that is a priority over there. And to be perfectly honest, it should be. This is really the right thing to do. We, we've gone the right direction here. And I really think that they are going to make this a huge priority to make sure that all of these crimes are expunged from people's records and that moving forward, we continue to have a very lax policy in terms of, you know, cannabis you know, in, in, in our culture in New York. And I think that that's all very, very important. And I can, I can tell you that everything that I'm seeing is that that is a big priority over there. And so that, again, is going to be something that has to be dealt with early. That's, that's as important as anything we're doing here. One also quick run through when you were talking about how certain localities can opt out. So let me just give an update for the listeners here about that. A town, village, or city may opt out of allowing retail dispensaries or cannabis lounges within their borders. They must do so before December 31st. Counties cannot opt out, but there have already been towns that have opted out. East Chester, Summers, and the Lower Hudson Valley. Chautauqua, along with the villages of Lakewood and Casadaga in western New York. And Yonkers also said they would it would not be opting out. Rochester actually might go and use what is being brought in for revenue as reparations for black and Latino residents. So there's a lot of ways where being things are being done and everybody's doing what their part to go ahead and lay the rules out, lay out the framework. Uh, when do you feel like things will kind of be in the place and, and really um, where do you think things will, if there's any kind of a deadline you could say where it feels like, Licensing will be sure. fully in place and some of the programs sure. will be operational. Yeah, Jorge, they, they have to opt out by uh, 1231 of this year. So they, there's a limited amount of time. And, and, and honestly, I don't want to get into anybody's head in any of these municipalities. But what I am hopeful for is that some of these municipalities that are opting out are doing it because they feel that that's the best thing to do, knowing that they can always opt back in. I'm hopeful that when we see this all take shape, that you'll see a lot of those municipalities that you just listed and any more that choose to opt out really reconsider this. The good news is that while you do have to opt out by 1231 of 2021, you can always opt back into the program. And I'm hopeful that we will see plenty of those municipalities come back into the fold as we see things develop over the years. The other thing that's also happened, they mentioned the Cannabis Board has also made changes in the program increasing the amount of medical cannabis given to a certified patient from a month supply to a 60-day supply, permanently waiving the patient and caregiver $50 registration fee, and simplifying approval process to hold and dispense cannabis products for patients to places, including hospitals, schools, and residential facilities. So overall, Steve, as we wrap things up, when you look at what other states have done to bring this aboard and what's being done for one of the biggest states now, along with California, to implement cannabis legalization at this point. I mean, does, do you feel like that what's being done and how everything's being handled? Because we know there's a big spotlight, a big microscope on New York City and New York State. If this is done correct, then that just furthers the discussion for federal legalization. Do you think they're making the great example? I would like to hope so. Uh, you know, I hope that this eventually gets settled on a federal level. It would certainly help everybody out. Uh, as you started off saying, 61% of New Yorkers think that cannabis should be legal. That sort of speaks for itself. Uh, you know, the national numbers, I'm sure, are not very, you know, not very dissimilar. And so at this point, 
you know, it would be nice to see the federal government step in, preempt everybody and say, here are the laws on the national level and everybody's playing in the same playing field. I don't think that we're going to see that anytime soon. And I think that right now what New York is busy doing is is building out their program the best way that they can. They have the opportunity here to seal the way a lot of other programs have built themselves out, a lot of other states. And I think they're taking the best of all of those states and they're gonna put it into an excellent program here in New York. They've got a great team over there from the board, from, from Chairman Wright uh, to Chris Alexander, the executive director and, and Axel Burnaby, the general counsel, along with Pat McCage. I really think that this is going to be a very, very good uh, administration that we're going to be very proud of as we move forward and we see how we roll everything out. And so I've been speaking with Steve Melito, chair of the Cannabis Department and New York State Government Relations Group for the firm of Davidoff, Hutcher, and Citron based in New York. And finally, I just want to go and send people over to the website, dhclegal.com. And if you could just want to just take a couple of seconds to go ahead and also, there's other locations also in New York, Albany, Washington, D.C., White Plains, and right down here in Palm Beach, Florida, uh, not too far from me. So if you can, uh, just take a minute or two to go and talk to those in the industry here that will be interested in working with you and connecting with you on their work and what other services your firm provides. Corey, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity and the time. And Obviously, anybody that has an interest in opening any kind of a cannabis establishment of all levels in New York State should be reaching out and, and speaking to us. I really appreciate Jorge providing the website. You can find me on that website, and uh, my, my email is right there. Please feel free to either give me a call or reach out. Um, we could certainly be helpful in guiding you here in New York and look forward to hearing from anybody who has any questions as well. And uh, again, Jorge, can't thank you enough. This was really a lot of fun. And thanks again for being on with us. Really do appreciate it. Thank you. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.